With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. If you were to tell me that Patrick Mahomes was going to get injured in the first half of Thursday Night Football against the Denver Broncos and that five starters would not be playing for the Kansas City Chiefs, I'd tell you that the Broncos are going to win. Well, I am wrong. Once again, just like I was wrong to put my faith in the Denver Broncos to upset the Kansas City Chiefs. Because you know what? The Broncos did just the opposite. They got embarrassed. It was an absolute embarrassment for the Denver Bronco organization and for all Broncos country. And it's something that we got to dive into. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about what went wrong. What's going on with the offense? What's going on with the defense? And the Denver Broncos, they're officially sellers as the deadline looms for the trade block. Let's go over it all here on this episode of Broncos on the Rocks. What's going on, guys? Luke Patterson. Host of Broncos on the Rocks, presented to you by Mile High Report and SB Nation. And I'll be honest, guys, this is one where I really had to sit back and really had to take a few days to recover. Now, it's not because I'm a fan. It's not because I look at things with orange and blue glasses on. It's because I feel like I was duped. It's because I feel like the Broncos had a legitimate opportunity to turn things around And instead of doing it, they quit. They straight up quit. Now, 
my blueprint for beating the Kansas City Chiefs was just like everyone else's. Run the ball. It was that simple. The opposing offenses on tape gave you the blueprint. The Tennessee Titans, they gave you the blueprint. The Indianapolis Colts, they gave you the blueprint. And what did the Denver Broncos do? They abandoned the run. They absolutely abandoned the run. It seemed to be their only game plan heading into the game. Because, well, to say Kansas City blitzed, that would be an understatement. To say that the Broncos' offensive line played would be an understatement. Nine sacks total throughout the entire game. Eight sacks falling on Joe Flacco, of course. One of the sacks on on punter Colby Wadman. Well, how did that happen? Well, the Denver Broncos and Vic Fangio felt like they should go ahead and fake a punt early in the second quarter. Wadman rolled left without any receivers around got sacked. So let's add that on there. But nine total sacks for the entire game. Absolutely disgusting. It was just on these airwaves a couple weeks ago. We were praising the Broncos defense for getting after the Titans and making the Titans offense look like filth. And that is exactly what the Kansas City Chiefs did to the Denver Broncos. Now, initially, the Broncos did well. They seem to do well on that opening script like they always do with Rich Gangarello. I'll give him credit for that. But you jam the ball in with Royce Freeman, and then to go for it on a two-point conversion, very first series of the game, screamed desperation to me. It didn't scream attack mode. It didn't, it didn't scream we're here to send a message. It screamed desperation that if this team does not score this two-point conversion – how can the Broncos come back from a Kansas City offense? Well, that didn't go well. First of all, your two-point conversion gets stopped because you decide to give Phil Lindsay the ball between the tackles, something I constantly rant and rave about in the most negative of ways all week, every week. Phil Lindsay is not your between-the-tackle running back. That's Roy Freeman. Phil Lindsay's your playmaker. He's your Tyree Kill. He's not just limited to the running back role. So if you are going to go for it on that two-point conversion and the ball is spotted on where? The three, two, not the one-yard line. If you're anywhere near the goal line and you need a few yards, you best give Royce Freeman the ball. You better release that Rolls Royce. Because I just don't get it. Philip Lindsay, he just, nothing against him, but against the goal line stacked Kansas City defense that was pissed off, hearing about how terrible they were all week, they got the stop. Immediately killed any momentum, and the Broncos catch a break. Now, no pun intended, they catch a break as Patrick Mahomes suffered an injury, a dislocated kneecap. It was kind of gross. We all saw it on TV, and it almost felt like the Broncos exhaled a little bit. Okay, the all-pro quarterback, the Pro Bowl MVP, Everything else you want to call Pat Mahomes, he's hurt. The Broncos have got to be winning this game now. That's how I felt when I saw it. Just because Patrick Mahomes is one of those players that dictates games. When he's in the game, you're probably going to win. And when he's out, your team's probably going to lose. So it was just mind-boggling to me. The old Vance Joseph, it's mind-boggling, right? The whole thing was just an embarrassment. It took me a few days to get through. And I'm sitting here telling you guys it only looks worse when you watch film. I try to watch film a couple times. Uh, aim for three. Usually hit twice on the film. So 
when Troy Aikman is going all scorched earth that this is as bad an offense as I've ever seen and he's saying he can't believe fans are still staying, well, he's right. You know why? Because the Denver Broncos, again, fail on third down. They are an awful offense. They're an awful third down team. One for 13 on third down. That puts them at 27 for 91. So out of 91 total third downs this season, they've converted 27. That's 30%. They're one for three on third down. That makes absolutely no sense when you're supposed to be a running team. Your runs are supposed to set up small third and third and one, third and two, third and three, small yardage scenarios. It's schematic football. It's it's not rocket science. Use your scheme to get you in easier positions. It's that simple. And how does this, you know, how does this the six point debacle help the Broncos stats? <laughs> well, 16 points per game puts them at the bottom of the barrel at 29th. Now, for total yards, they're sitting at 317. That's 25th, still bottom of the barrel. Passing yards, a whopping 208. Joe Flacco didn't throw a pick, but, well, he did fumble the ball that was scooped up and recovered for a touchdown by Kansas City. But when you look at rushing yards, they've got 109 rushing yards, putting them at 26th. So out of those categories right there, three out of four categories, including total yards, points per game, and passing yards, the Broncos are in the bottom of the league, 26, 25, 29. I mean, it's absolutely atrocious. Then you start to look at when they do get down there, you look at the red zones. When a team is in the red zone, you should be scoring touchdowns. Bottom line, it's not a field goal contest. The league is not set up that way. Out of 19 red zone attempts, the Broncos are only getting nine red zone touchdown, folks. That's it. That's a 47% touchdown probability anytime that they're in there half the time just under half the time you're going to score a touchdown it's pathetic it's absolutely pathetic it just screamed that rich gangarello was not prepared for the blitz he was not prepared for the pressure and it felt like the players seemed like they were reading the news they've been reading the press clippings They've been reading my work, maybe. Who knows, right? Attack the attack the Kansas City defense. Their rushing defense sucks. It's terrible. Well, it wasn't too terrible against the Broncos because Phil Lindsay, he was only stuck with 11 carries and 36 yards. That was it. Why? It's not because the Broncos couldn't run the ball. It's because they refused to run the ball. The coach abandoned, Rich Gangarello, abandoned the offensive rushing attack, and it cost them the game. Now, I'm not saying that the offensive line played well because they didn't at all. Elijah Wilkinson has been put on notice the past few weeks. I know it's a good story. They had a nice backup, yada, yada, yada. But he's just he's not prepared. Why? Because he didn't spend the majority of his time in training camp at right tackle. He spent it at right guard or left guard or left tackle. Anywhere that they needed to plug him so that Ron Leary could get some rest so that Juwan James could get a little rest. He's been bounced all over this offensive line. So I don't solely put this on him, but it was a pretty terrible game. You look at Ron Leary and the guy continues to get burned. He gets holding penalties 
what do you say? What do you say about a player that is always hurt? He's always banged up. He always seems limited at practice or not practicing at all. There's always something with Ron Leary, and there's a reason the Dallas Cowboys got rid of him. You look at Connor McGovern, and, you know, it's hard for me to dog a guy when I know that he's trying to do the best that he can. But let's just face the facts. He's a guard that's playing center. That's it. That's all he is. And if he gets hurt, who's your center? I'm guessing it's Dalton Reisner. But it just screams incompetence to me, this Band-Aid approach. It's not only at the quarterback and the coach position of let's just put a quick Band-Aid over it and try to throw together a team and throw it out there. The center is a coveted position among the offensive line. I'm not going to say it's the quarterback of the O-line because there's only one position in professional sports like it, and that is the position itself. Now, the center is responsible for the entire offensive line. Needs to know the calls, needs to be synced up with the quarterback's cadence, needs to be able to read um, defensive packages, needs to be able to read blitz, stunts, what have you. And the Broncos are throwing out a guard at center. That's where we're at. Now, you look at Garrett Bowles, and what do you expect? What do you expect? It's maddening. It's frustrating. The holding penalties, they continue. He's continuing to choke guys, and he's continuing to throw his hands in the air because apparently the guy doesn't see anything wrong with what he's doing. Now, Vic Fangio was asked you know, earlier this week, excuse me, last week, the morning after that atrocious performance, you know, right now, is he still your left tackle? Yep. He's still the left tackle right now. So that blows my mind. Are you telling me Jake Rogers? There's nothing there. Jake Rogers holding up a position spot was activated a few weeks ago after Garrett Bowles just played awful. You're telling me that Jake Rogers is a worse option than Garrett Bowles? And don't give me the excuse they need warm bodies. They do not need warm bodies. This is the NFL. They need guys that can either play are going to try to improve, or it's time to get your walking papers. It's that simple. Garrett Bowles needs to be cut. He's taken up a roster spot on this team, and although it's a losing team, you need to start looking around and figure out how to build teams because it doesn't just happen in the draft. It happens in free agency. It happens with some of these guys that are unsigned. It happens with some of these leagues that don't always work out, like the AAF. And now the XFL, I don't even know what's going on with the XFL just because Vince McMahon, the guy's a joke. I'm not a pro wrestling fan. You can go somewhere else with the drama and that BS. The NFL, that's where we're at. Best sport in the world. This is what I'm covering. But my point, Garrett Bowles refuses to be held accountable. Why? Because nobody's holding him accountable. Why should he care if he's doing bad when no one else does? The fans do. But when you continue to throw that product out there, that BS out there, what do you expect? That's exactly what Mark Schlereth, Fox analyst, color commentary, uh, also host on his own show, 104.3 The Fan, Schlereth and Evans in the morning. You know, he said something, and when Schlereth speaks O-line, try to listen, generally listen, because the guy, he's a Super Bowl champion with the Skins and the Broncos. The guy knows football. He knows football, specifically offensive line football. So when he's telling you, quote, 
they're trying to save face on this first round busted draft pick. It's ending up in a credibility crisis. And he's right. He's exactly right. Because how do you sell to a team that you're going to go out there and you're just, things are going to improve. Things are going to get better. Let's go get them, guys. When 72's rolling out there and his eye black and his visor and his arm sleeve, choking guys. How's that going to work? Drawing penalties. How's that going to work? Missing assignments. It doesn't work. So it's just maddening to me that they are choosing to almost rewrite. They want to rewrite the rules of the definition of insanity. They do. They want to rewrite that definition because they're expecting different results out of 72 and they're expecting different results out of Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco has no mobility. My goodness. The guy is a statue back there. Why they even try to put him under center, I don't know. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you thought Drew Locke's feet were bad with a three step and a five step drop back, Watch Joe Flacco's because the guy is stuck in quicksand and Rich Gangarello didn't do him any favors either. Rich Gangarello's choosing to implement this offense when his offensive line is getting burned. He's choosing to implement implement this offense with vertical passing routes, all of which on blitzes. He's not using any underneath routes. He's not using any quick slants and he's not utilizing screen games to his advantage it's that simple all those three things by the way staples of the shanahan offense look at sean mcveigh he's one of the best coaches in the league at calling screen passes where do you think he got some of those fundamentals mike shanahan kyle shanahan the san francisco 49ers undefeated how's their offense looking pretty decent right use what the defense is giving you. If they're screaming blitz and by the time they've got five sacks, you don't realize they're going to be coming after Joe Flacco. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. And then you look at the defense and I don't know where to start because those guys hung in as long as they could looking for some offensive relief and they didn't get it. But you know what? I can't let the defense off the hook completely because when the defense goes, I mean, I can't even believe I'm going to say it. Pat Mahomes exits the game and Matt Moore comes in the game, right? He's your third quarterback from the Kansas City Chiefs. The guy had to be talked out of retirement. He was a quarterback consultant weeks ago and he had to be 
talked out of retirement. He's not taking any practice reps with the Chiefs, significant practice reps. He's not he's not working with Tyreek Hill. He's not working with Travis Kelsey. The guy's just there for an emergency situation. And you know what? Casey had themselves an emergency, and Matt Moore answered the call. 10 for 19, 117 yards, and a touchdown. Now, that touchdown, that touchdown hurts because it was the Tyreek Hill on an absolute bomb over Chris Harris Jr. Um, not a whole lot you can say about that one. You look at the tape, I know it can be argued, and I'm hearing on airwaves and online and everything that, you know, where's the safety coverage on that route? Um, why is Chris left man-to-man on him all by himself? Yes, but you also have to understand that you do get beat in the NFL. Now, I'm not saying it's a reason that Chris Harris needs to be dumped because I don't think he does, one. And two, it happened. The coaches aren't out there playing. Chris knows he got he got beat, and he's acknowledged that. And it just made things worse. And at that point, it just felt like all the life in the stadium almost kind of went out. Now, this defense didn't register any turnovers. Your leading tackler remains Justin Simmons. He's up there with Todd Davis. Both of them getting eight tackles. They're doing the best they can. But the best they can is not good enough. Because Shady McCoy ran all over him, averaging 5.3 yards per rush. He got the ball 12 times at 64 yards in total. Where's this Where's this stout D? It hung in there, but it definitely didn't do its job. As Matt Moore and the Chiefs scored 20 points unanswered after losing after losing Patrick Mahomes. It's completely unacceptable. Vaughn Miller, go ahead and search for him online. I couldn't find it. I couldn't believe it. I know he originally got a sack that was taken away, but you look for him on the scorecard, and the guy's been a ghost. An absolute ghost. Vaughn is missing in action, pretty much. And Coach Fangio saying, quote, I think he played pretty damn good. I don't I don't see that. I really don't. Watching the film, I don't see the game record that the Super Bowl 50 champs had. I don't see the Vaughn of old. And to me, Vaughn is disinterested. He's not engaged. He doesn't look happy. I know Vaughn's a happy, fun, go lucky guy, but you know what? Your job is ultimately to be one of the best football players on the planet, and he's not doing that right now. And at a certain point, him saying, I, I'm not doing my job, I need to do my job, it's getting real old, and it's time to do something. There is zero passion and zero leadership in that locker room right now, and it shows. It reflects in not only statistics, but wins and losses, and more importantly, the eyeball test. Now, I always say stats can be manipulated for an argument or an against an, or against an argument. Now I give you offensive stats every week and I give you defensive stats, not to prove a point, not to um, extend my agenda or how I look at the Broncos, but as strictly an analysis based piece of evidence. Now, when you look at the defense, they're eighth in the NFL right now, averaging 19.4 points per game. That's not bad. 302 yards per game on average. That puts them at fourth. Passing yards, rushing yards, passing yards. They're 195, making them third. 107 rushing yards on average, making them 16th. They're there. The defense is right there at that top half of the league. 
that top quarter of the league. But when the offense continues to let you down, you can't stop the the bleeding. You can't stop the bleeding with Band-Aids, I guess is the main point. And because of that, the Broncos are sellers right now. And it was first reported on Sunday by Adam Schefter that teams are calling about Emmanuel Sanders. And it seems that usually I'm under the impression that where there's smoke, there's fire. And talking to a few people in the know over there, it sounds like there's fire. And I expect this to be a amicable breakup, if you want to call it that. Because I think Emmanuel Sanders wants out and it'd be smart for the Broncos to get rid of him. Because it's not working. His head's not in it. I know there are some questions about his health, but his head's not in it. All good things come to an end. Just get what you can and move on. Now, I know the Broncos are trying to get a third or a fourth for Emmanuel Sanders. I think if they could get a third, that would be fantastic. Do it in a heartbeat. If he ultimately ends up with a fourth, hey, that's okay too. But you got to move Emmanuel Sanders. You have your number one wide receiver in Cortland Sutton. Number two wide receivers, you can find those. And the Broncos have to find those. Whether they're on this team, I don't... Tim Patrick, he's supposed to be practicing again soon, hopefully. Um, You know, Juwan Winfrey, the CU buff. uh, Deshaun Hamilton, they have options. Just waiting for a guy to step up. It doesn't make sense for Emmanuel to be a Bronco much longer. Now, you start talking about the big ones for me. Chris Harris Jr., um... Not hearing a lot about him right now. I think as the trade deadline comes, October 29th, 2 p.m., <laughs> um, maybe you hear something. But for me, I would try to trade Chris. And the reason being, I think the damage is done. I think that Chris felt very um, scorned and that bridges were burnt during this last off season where he wanted more money and a restructuring of the deal. And he ultimately got a little bit more money this year, but he didn't get the security that he was looking for in a multi-year deal. I just don't see any reason why Chris would want to stay. Ownership is in dispute and everything ultimately stop or starts from the, the top down. You know, I mean, this is the only professional franchise that does not have ownership and is run by a trust, it's bizarre. So if you're Chris, things are a mess with the Broncos right now. I know he has a family here. This is home. But you got to know, his services are definitely wanted elsewhere. And I think it'd behoove Chris to look at those those outlets a little bit. You can always re-sign with Denver. I'm sure Denver's interested. Absolutely. Why wouldn't they be? But you know what? The Broncos screwed the pooch. When it comes to Chris Harris, because they took money paying Jawan James, who can't play at right tackle because he's hurt. Oh, he's going to play against the Colts. Well, we don't need him now. We needed him last week, the week before that, and the week before that. And you pay Bryce Callahan, who is definitely on a milk carton. The guy doesn't even practice because he's hurt. He's going to have surgery. He's probably going to miss this whole year based on things I'm hearing from that building. So... I just think that that relationship, it's burned. There's there's no coming back from it with Chris Harris and the Broncos unless there's one thing. There's one thing that might save it. Excuse me. And that's Chris Harris Jr. with his mentor, Champ Bailey. Now, what if, and it's just a theory, I haven't heard anything, what if Champ Bailey 
tries to convince Chris to stay. You know Chris looks up to Champ, gave him his 20th interception game ball, not last week, but the week before. Um, what a chance tell, Champ tells him, you know what, Chris, stay with one team. See my name up there on the Ring of Fame? You can have your name up there on the Ring of Fame too. Stay with this one team. You want to get to the Hall? Stay with one team, not two. Try to get there. I think that's your only saving grace if you're a Broncos fan and you're hoping for Chris Harris to stay. Other than that, I really don't see it. You got to try to get value because guess what? Compensatory picks, <laughs> that doesn't do a whole lot because you can't really control those. You can't control where they're picked, uh, which selection you get. With other teams and making deals, you're able to at least have a little bit more control over your destiny other than supplemental draft picks because those those just don't get it done. Now, when it comes to Derek Wolf, I don't think the Broncos should uh, should get rid of Wolfie. I know he's in his eighth year, but I don't see him commanding a very high value. If you're trying to just ditch him for a seventh round draft pick, I I don't know. To me, it's not worth it because I think Derek Wolf is one of your last staples of the franchise um, in terms of leadership and actually who is a Bronco and defining that Bronco role. Um, Derek Wolf is a Pat Bowlen Denver Bronco through and through. For that reason, I think he stays. And the big one with Von Miller, should you trade Von Miller? Should the Broncos trade Von Miller? My answer right now is no, because I think that ultimately you could try to drum up a little more value holding on to him the next couple weeks here. Um, Broncos are going to play the Colts and then have the Browns here at home. But I would listen to options. I wouldn't go shopping. Um, Vaughn's having a very quiet year, a very odd and somewhat uh, distant year, if that makes sense. It just Vaughn doesn't seem like himself, and I know it's probably going to feel that way when the team's 2-5. Two and, two and five. So um, the Broncos are in a bad spot, but they're sellers. Drew Locke started, is going to start practicing this week. That's the good news. Now, I'm one of those people that says you need to get Drew Locke in there immediately. That doesn't mean that's going to happen. Now, I'm hearing might see Drew Locke if we're going to see him late November, early December. It's not going to be something right away. Joe Flacco got another endorsement from Coach Fangio the other day, and I think this is just going to be the tide that Broncos country ultimately has to ride. It's It sucks. It's messy. It's nasty, but... I don't know. If you're asking me, you need to see what you have in Drew Locke right now. And you need to evaluate talent from anywhere and everywhere. All up and down the roster, including your practice squad. Because right now, I think you could count on one hand the number of Broncos that are probably worth keeping right now at this point. And yeah, the young guys. You know, they're the young guys. You you have the young guys versus the old guys. And right now, it, it's funny when you look at these guys that are being brought up in a trade, Emmanuel Sanders, Chris Harris Jr., Derek Wolf, Von Miller, all Super Bowl 50 champions. That's interesting. Brandon McManus, no, they're not going to trade a kicker. And Brandon McManus, who I think is 12 of 15 this year, um, could be mistaken on that, but missed another field goal last week also. So I think that's two games in a row he's missed field goals. Um, something's going on with him also, but it just seems like, uh, the Broncos are in trouble. 
They put on an embarrassing performance. They need to try to get better as the weeks go on, but it's going to be hard to expect improvement when you do things the same way. Broncos country, thank you so much for joining me here on this edition of Broncos on the Rocks, presented to you by Mile High Report and SB Nation. Be sure to give us a decent review over there on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any of your major podcast outlets. This is Luke from Broncos on the Rocks saying Broncos country, hang in there and always believe in Mile High Magic.